Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 9th. To attract abundance in your life, see money as a flow of energy, not as a static quantity. See life in the same way, as a flowing river, not a fixed pattern of behavior. Let, leave your ego on the bank and enter the stream of cosmic awareness, there are no limits to how much of life's abundance can be yours if you will plunge into the divine current and swim there joyously. Well, Swamiji shifts from many kinds of abundance, starting with money and then moving into the experience of life itself. There's a, there's a, a very subtle and very important attitude here, and we can start with it, thinking it about money. Um, but let me, wait, let me just think about this clearly for just a minute. When we were in the first years of starting Ananda, which was in the early 70s, the, well, we started, Swami started in 1968, 69. It's become the official starting day. Um, and at that time, we were a small group of people on what gradually grew to be a thousand acres of land, but we started much smaller, um, up in the Sierra foothills, uh, north of Sacramento, between Sacramento and uh, Lake Tahoe, in that part of the state far from the ocean, inland. And we were very, very poor. I mean, because we were just, we had bare land and we were trying to build this whole alternate civilization under the inspiration and with the <clears throat> power of Swami Kriyananda behind us. He, he had the vision from Master, we had the vision from him, and we were going forward and it was really the most fun. I've ever had when Swami and I were talking once about what causes reincarnation. He said, uh, what causes us to reincarnate, to be discontent in the astral world and make the necessity of taking another physical body required, he said, is longing for experiences that can only be had in the material world or regret for something that can only be compensated for in the material world. Longing and regret. So when he said that to me, I said, but sir, I could do the first 10 years at Ananda over again in a heartbeat. I said, I was so much fun, I would love to do it again. And Swami smiled and he said, oh, that's different. <laughs> and what he meant by that was, that had been the joy of serving God. That had been this incredible, youthful freedom of just finding a way to serve, finding a way to get in tune with God, reuniting with the spiritual family, and it was like childhood. I would often say, I, I moved to Ananda when I was 24, to Ananda Village, which was that, this place I'm speaking of, very rural, very remote. I moved when I was 24, but I often said to people, I grew up at Ananda. And they would kind of like try to do the math and couldn't quite figure out how that was going to work unless I had really aged really in a disproportionate way. But I really felt like that because that was really my childhood, my spiritual childhood, you might say, where I just had all that wonderful freedom of childhood. But because we were very impoverished and we're always struggling for money, just trying to earn our 
living way out there in the rural area, somebody got involved with different prosperity schemes, you know, prosperity teachings and prosperity schemes. And uh, somebody came up with the fact that we had poverty consciousness, which is something that's often talked about. We had, we had the consciousness of being poor, and what we needed to do was to develop the consciousness of being rich. And I'm not meaning to be sarcastic, but sometimes certain important middle steps are missed in these things. So this is what what I felt was one of the things that were missed. I thought about this a lot. And I realized most of us were from from comfortable homes. Very few of us living at Anand at that time. We were all people who had the confidence to just drop out of society completely, have no security and no money, and not really be worried about it because we'd always lived in a world where, where money, there was enough money around us. We'd never been homeless. We'd never really struggled. So there was this thought that we could just move in and out of society comfortably. That's a harder risk for someone to take who, who, who has had a, a childhood or a lifetime where, where resources were really scarce. And most of us, because we were young, had never really earned much ourselves. We'd just been supported by the hard work of our parents, sent to college, many of us. But the comfort that we had enjoyed had not been earned. It had just been given to us. All we'd had to do was be born into the family. So what I really came to think about was that we did not have poverty consciousness at all. What we had was little rich kid consciousness, that we did not understand the relationship between hard work and money. And in fact, we just thought, all we have to do is just change our thinking and we'll have money. We didn't really know that money is energy, and in order to, to have energy, you have to put out energy. You don't just get energy showered upon you because, oh gosh, maybe I'll just think about it. Maybe I'll start saying, I, am, I have all the wealth of the universe. Yes, an affirmation about the abundance of the universe, a focus, just as Swami is saying, on the flow of energy, all that is exceedingly positive, but it has to be backed up by, by a real commitment on our part to, to put our consciousness behind that affirmation so it's not just empty words. Swamiji himself, that's more or less what he said about us. It's not that we didn't try hard, but we had a lot to learn between the kind of real focused energy that attracts abundance and our kind of vague kind of wandering around hoping it would work. There was a big space, and it was that big space that we had to move across. So when um, Swami says to attract abundance in your life, see it as a flow of energy, but how powerful is that flow of energy? And how powerful are we in our ability to step into it? And this is where Swami says we can have um, you know, all of life's abundances. We, money is one form. Love, friendship, creativity, success, um, inner satisfaction, a clear conscience, you know, there's, there's multiple, multiple forms of abundance, and by no means are they all material. He said we can have all of them. There's no limits to how much of life's abundance can be yours. If you will plunge into the divine current and swim there joyously. Oh, oh, I see. Plunging into the divine current. What does that mean? That means really attuning ourselves to God. That's what that means. What is the divine current? The divine current isn't just, you know, enjoying myself. It isn't just 
There was a, when we were in the 70s also, there were so many things going on in the spiritual scene in California at that time, some of them quite amusing. There was one exceedingly popular teacher, um, very, very popular. And he was so popular because his basic philosophy was, if it feels good, do it, and then just call it spiritual. (laughs) So he ran these very actually quite hedonistic ashrams, in which, ashrams, I use that word in quotes, in which basically you could indulge just about any desire that you wanted. You know, sexuality, um, alcohol, anything, you know, wild stuff. And, and it was just like, everything is from God, so this is from God too. Well, no wonder it was really popular. <laughs> I mean, I just, everyone wants to be told that they don't have to change and that they can simply indulge. But that's not really diving into the divine current. The divine current is the teachings of Patanjali. It's the principles of Sanat and Dharma. It's the recognition that ego, indulging the passions of the body and of the ego... Yes, they're pleasurable in the short run, but not pleasurable in the long run. I mean, just, just you, don't, you don't have to, these are not mysterious questions. You know, it's hard to tell early in your life what the consequences of certain ways of life are. You know, when you're in your 20s, you have a lot of physical vitality that you can squander. It takes a while before it catches up to your 20s, your 30s. People will tell you that you know, the licentious, hedonistic lifestyle you're living is not good for you. You think, well, why not? But then you look at people in their 60s or in their 70s who have just lived a licentious, hedonistic lifestyle. You see what the fruit is. What kind of happiness is there? What kind of health is there? What kind of long-term depth of accomplishment and relationships are there? Now, I know there's exceptions to every rule, and people have their own karma. So I'm not really saying, I'm not really being judgmental. I'm just really actually using the words of Jesus. Jesus said, um, when he was asked, the question was, how can you tell a true prophet from a false one? But it's a question that can apply, how can you tell a this from a that at, at any point? And he says, you know, look at the fig tree. A good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. So the problem with life is sometimes it takes time for the fruits to catch up with us. So I'm having a good time now, what difference does it make? But what happens later? So merely just enjoying ourselves, plunging into egoic, physical life, well, it might be a step up from being terribly repressed and afraid to breathe, as Swami Kriyananda said, Some people are pious, not because they're actually good, but because they don't have enough energy to sin. And and that's not a compliment. There was a a story, I don't know if it's apocryphal or true, where a man walked up to Swami Vivekananda, who was a great Indian teacher who spent a few years in America in the uh, early 1900s. And someone came to him and with with just very limp energy, without without any spine or vitality, said... How can I realize God, Swami? And the Swami said, Can you lie so convincingly that no one will suspect you're not telling the truth? And the man said, Oh no, Swamiji, I could never tell a lie. He said, Well, can you steal so cleverly that no one will ever catch you? Oh no, Swamiji, I would never do that. 
And then Vivekananda said, well, here's my instruction to you. Learn to lie with absolute effectiveness. Learn to steal and don't get caught. Then come back to me. Now, the story behind that was that, one, the man needed to put out some energy. And two, that Vivekananda saw that he was a man of very low character. And the only thing he would put out energy for was something of low character. But it was better for him to put out energy than it was for him to just sit as he was doing nothing. So it's a strange sort of story and not what I'm recommending. But we have to become engaged. We have to put out energy. We can't just be like little rich kids and think we can just ask Divine Mother to drop it on our heads. We have to really get into the flow of energy. And then we, what we really have to get into if we want the, the abundance of life that will truly transform us is we have to get into that divine current in which we are living in harmony with the way that we're made. Because we are simply made a certain way. You abuse the physical vehicle, you abuse the psychological vehicle, you abuse the spiritual nature, and you will get the result. There's really nothing more complicated about that, but you will get the result. So, to attract abundance in your life, See money as a flow of energy, not as a static quantity. See life in the same way as a flowing river, not as fixed patterns of behavior. Leave your ego on the bank and enter the stream of cosmic awareness. There are no limits to how much of life's abundance can be yours if you will plunge into the divine current and swim there joyously. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.